Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you this morning. I'm Pastor Tuck, and welcome to the Word at My Church. If this is your first time joining us, we want you to know you're in exactly the right place. You're exactly where God wants you to be. And I want to encourage you to share this broadcast with at least three people, because as believers, we've got a mandate to spread the gospel of Christ all over the world. We are a teaching ministry with a mission to help people get better by teaching them how the word works. So go ahead and get your Bible, your notebook, your pen, your highlighter, and let's get ready to dig into God's word. But before we do, let's begin with our Bible confession. So go ahead and grab your Bible in your hand and repeat after me. This is my Bible. I believe every word. I am who it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do by hearing its word and applying it by faith. It'll change my life. So I declare right now from this day forward that my life will never, ever, ever be the same again. And neither shall the life of anyone with whom I share this word. So I declare I'm going to share this word with someone so that their life may be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Precious God, Lord, we thank you today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the moments of preaching. Father, we thank you, Lord, for every opportunity. Father God, Lord, to stand before your people. Lord, use me as your chosen vessel. Father God, Lord, we declare today, Father God, your word would go forth. Father God, with clarity. Father God, Lord, unhindered, unchecked. Father God, Lord, by any contrary spirit, any demonic force. Father God, remove my flesh. Father God, Lord, that none of me, Lord, would be a hindrance. Father God, to the performing, Father God, Lord, of that which you so desire to be done. Father God, Lord, I ask your will to totally be done today. Father God, prepare the hearts, the minds, Lord. Father God, of your people. Father God, that they will be receptive. They will be alert. Father God, Lord, that they would receive, Father God, the pure, unadulterated word of God. And Father God, Lord, I trust you, Lord, that we will be converted, changed, transformed into that which you have already declared that we are, Lord, for the purpose of building and spreading your kingdom throughout the earth. Father God, Lord, you've placed us here, Lord, to be your change agents. And we declare, Lord, that's what we are. And we declare that nothing on this earth shall hinder us from doing that assignment. Father God, I thank you today and I thank you for, Lord, my part in the kingdom. And I trust and believe you, Lord, for everything, Lord, that you continue to do in me and through me. And I thank you, Lord, for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Now, if you've been with us, then you know that this is the year that God wants to restore the church to the place of greater influence and impact. And I told you it is essential to the restorative or restoration process that we have a firm foundation. Because if our foundation is not stable, any attempt to build will be unsuccessful. So for the past couple months, we've been talking about the foundational principles of the church. We've been talking about the principles of kingdom identity and kingdom authority, who God says we are and who what he says we can do. And on last time, we dealt with the third foundational principle, which is one that all the others are built upon, and that's kingdom knowledge. And this morning, I want to dig a little deeper into that subject. So open your Bibles with me once again to our foundational scripture, Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. And when you get there, look at verse 13. Matthew chapter 16, beginning at verse 13. And I'm reading from the New King James Version of, I'm sorry, the King James Version of the text. And it says, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Here we see Jesus asking his disciples, what are people saying about me? Who do men say that he is? And they respond by saying, some say you're just a preacher. Some say you're one of the Old Testament prophets. But notice he totally disregards what the world has to say about him. And he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Because what matters most is what we as believers think and the source of our information. In verse 16, he says, and Simon Peter answered 
and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. In other words, you didn't get that from man. That information came directly from God. And because of that, you are totally equipped for success. In verse 18, he says, And I say unto ye that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I told you the church was built upon the foundational principle that Jesus is who God is. And since the Bible declares as Jesus is, so are we in this world. We as believers have the same identity and authority that he does. Jesus said that it is upon this rock, this revelation that of his identity as the son of the living God, that the ecclesia, God's governing agency in the world would be established. In other words, it is the information that comes directly from heaven that provides our stability. And when we operate based on kingdom knowledge, the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. That means success is guaranteed. And that's why Peter, Jesus tells Peter that he is blessed, totally equipped for success because heaven is his source of information because he's operating based on kingdom knowledge. Well, pastor, if it's that simple, then why is it that there are so many believers who are struggling living beneath their privilege? You know, the ones that are always doing the best they can, barely making it, simply accepting whatever the world brings and hoping for the best. Well, it is simply because they don't recognize the value of kingdom knowledge. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Because it's important that we consistently consume kingdom knowledge. Uh, turn over to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. And when you get there, look at verse 6. Colossians chapter 2, beginning at verse 6, and I'm reading this from the New King James Version of the text. Colossians chapter 2, beginning at verse 6, and it reads, As you therefore have received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. In other words, if we have accepted Christ, then we should live in him. Our lives should be totally consumed by the presence of God. Uh, what do you mean, Pastor? We, we should be obsessed with communing with God, talking to God, being with God, relating with God. Our relationship with God should be on a higher level than anything else. Being in God's presence should be more important to you than being uh, on your job should be more important to you than watching television should be more important than your cell phone, than, than, than even your spouse, even the people in your household. You ought to always want to make sure that you're in constant communication with God. He says, if you receive Jesus, the Lord, walk in him. Being in God's presence ought to be more comfortable than being in your own skin. Look at what he says in verse 7. He says, rooted, built up in him, established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. See, as believers, we should be firmly planted and developed in the Lord, secured by our trust of everything he says. And not just... On Sunday mornings. See, the problem is for many of us, we go to church, then we want to put God on a shelf and take him down when we think we need him. Oh, I'm going to pause right there for a minute. Because I know that that, that, that that made some people uncomfortable. 
So you got to check yourself if that's where you're at. But see, for many of us, that's the problem. See, we go to church on Sunday. Then we put God on the shelf and say, we'll see you next week. Or, or you know, I'll pick you back up if I need you, if something go on. But that's the extent of our relationship with God. But the word declares in him, we live, we move, we have our being. Somebody type in the comments, there is no me without him. Oh, I need you to get it. There is no me without him. Look at verse eight. He says, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. He says, don't let anybody cheat you with some little empty tricks. Thinking that going through traditions or, or, or these basic things that the world does instead of what Christ said. Don't let them take advantage of you by getting you to believe something that is contrary to what God says. See, every form of bondage is based on a way of thinking that is contrary to the wisdom of God. For example, poverty, abuse. The reason why it is so difficult to get people free of these conditions is because they believe they were meant to be there. All of it started with oh, a little bit won't hurt. Oh, all of these lies, all of these things, the manipulations that the enemy uses to keep us down started with us with, with a mindset of thinking that was contrary to the wisdom of God. See, we accepted the situations as normal. That made to think that we lack something and that we must now be subject to something else. But here Paul tells us in verse 9, for in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In other words, all of God exists in his word, in his wisdom, in his knowledge. He says, and you are complete in him. That word complete means nothing lacking, nothing wanting. And that's why it's so disturbing for us as pastors to see people struggle, especially believers, because everything you need is contained in the wisdom and knowledge of God. The life he desires for you to live. And he even, he, he even tells us in the scripture that if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who freely gives us freely and liberally. Watch this. I, I remember early in my walk, I would always get frustrated anytime I would talk to my pastor about something. He, 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 any of the pastors that I've, I've been in fellowship with over my, over my walk, I, I, I remember I, I would talk to him about something. They said, well, what did God say? I'm like, what do you mean? What he say? See, that would always frustrate me because I'm like, what are you talking about? See, because I had not yet developed a practice of walking with him, walking in him, spending time with him, getting to know him, seeking his knowledge and his wisdom. But he tells me plainly, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth freely and liberally. But first, we've got to realize that God wants us to have better. So go over to Colossians chapter one. Colossians chapter one. Oh, trust me, we going somewhere today. Colossians chapter one. And when you get there, look at verse nine. Colossians chapter one, beginning at verse nine. Here it says, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Mm. He said, in other words, it is our prayer that you possess kingdom knowledge. See, that's every real man of God, every pastor with a heart after God for his people. That's their prayer is our prayer that you would possess kingdom knowledge that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. 
that you may recognize what is God's desire for your life. Uh, look, 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 look at verse 10. He, he says it right here. He says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So that you can please him by living the life he intended for you in the word. Increasing as you continue to gain understanding of who he is. See, the more you get to know him, the more you'll understand how much he loves you. And you can truly recognize his will for your life. And that's why he tells us through the proverb writer, in all your ways, acknowledge him. That word acknowledge, I told you, means to get to know him intimately and he will direct our path. He will show us where to go. See, God is a father who desires the best for his children and desires their life to be a reflection of his. But the problem is and always has been the way we think. Oh, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, turn over to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. And when you get there, look at verse 8. Isaiah chapter 55, beginning at verse 8. And I'm going to read this from the New King James. Here he says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So it is our thoughts that determine the way we live. And here, God says the reason why we don't live like he lives is because we don't think like he thinks. So how do we fix that, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. Go over to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And look at verse 1. Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. And here it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. The living Bible puts it this way. When you think of what he has done for you, is that too much to ask? When you look at the fact that Jesus, God was willing to give up his only begotten son. And Jesus came to walk this earth to show you what life should look like following God's instruction, getting instruction from heaven so that you could live the perfect life and then was willing to die so that he could restore us to the rightful place God desired us to walk in with the same identity and authority that he had. He says, is it too much to ask? That you present your body a living sacrifice. In other words, put yourself in a position where God can do whatever he wants to do with it. So submit yourself, every part of you, your mind, body, and spirit. So allow God to not only just your spirit, but also your mind, and your body. So give him charge of your intellect as well as everything else. Let him tell you how to think because when he tells you how to think, it'll tell you how to live because he said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So he says, you got to present your entire body, all of you to God so that God can have control. He said, is it too much to ask knowing the sacrifice he made for you? Watch this. Look at verse two. He says, and do not be conformed to this world. See, you've got to stop limiting your potential based on what the world has told you. See, the world says you'll always be broke because that's how you came up. You'll always be by yourself. 
You can't have that job because you don't have a degree or you're the wrong color. But Paul says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. That word prove means to verify. He said the only way you'll be able to verify what God's will is for you is to change the way you think. The Passion Translation puts it this way. Stop imitating the ideals, opinions, and the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. So you've got to allow the Holy Spirit to, tr to, to reform how you think. He said this will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. I told you God is the only one uniquely qualified to instruct us as it pertains to every facet of life. And if we desire to experience the perfect will of God, we must totally reform how we think which means a total change in how we receive and process information. But in order to renew our minds, we must first understand how they operate. Well, the mind is like a computer. And We've got to understand if we're going to understand and and, and have our mind renewed or reform our thought process, we've got to understand how it operates. We've got to understand how this thing works if we're going to renew it, if we're going to reform it, if we're going to change the way that it actually works. So we've got to get a basic understanding of how our mind actually works. And so our mind is like a computer and it's made up of four different parts. You have the intellect, you have the memory, you have the imagination, and you have your will. Now, the intellect is like the ports on the computer. It is how the mind receives information from the world around it. For example, uh, your eye gates, your ear gates, and your mouth gates. And that's why the Bible tells us to guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. It is the source. Your intellect is where you receive input, the things that we watch. So you've got to be careful the kind of things that you're taking in is the things we listen to. See, we watch all kinds of things on television. We listen to all kinds of music. We listen to all kinds of things that, uh, all kinds of, uh, programming. We, we, we're always taking in information, all kinds of input. The people we interact with, all of these things are things that are feeding our intellect. They're bringing information into us from the rest of the world. The things we experience, things that we actually go through and have been through in life are actually inputting information into our thought process. It's shaping our thought process. It's affecting our mind. And even the things we say to ourselves, you'd be surprised how much of your thinking is affected by stuff that you say. Sure, it may have begun with something somebody else said to you, but then you started repeating stuff that other people said to you. That affects now your self-esteem. It, it affects the way you see yourself. It affects your opinion of yourself because of something somebody else said. Then you have the memory. The memory is like the hard drive of the computer. It's where it stores information that it deems valuable so that it can access it later for processing. And that's whether it's good or bad. So all of the information you take in is stored and then you recall it later. Whether those be 
memories, or information. Because whenever you take in new information, now you have to process that information. And once you process that information, if you deem it valuable, you store it. Whenever you, though, remember I told you, when that information is coming in as input, sometimes it's things you experience. Whether that's a good experience or bad inf- experience, if you deem it something valuable, you store it. And so later, you may end up recalling that information for processing. Watch this. Then there is the imagination, which is like the CPU of the computer. It's where it processes information, whether it's new or stored, in order to produce output. Now, see, this is very important because anytime you take in input information, that information now comes in. And now, based on the information that comes in, you actually compare that information with the information that's stored. And you start processing that information. And that's how you start to produce output. But that's where this processing takes place is in the imagination. It's where you develop visions, ideas, concepts. It's where our beliefs and mentalities and mindsets are formed. Based on information that we already have stored and new information. So it's in this imagination center is where we develop these things that really become our mentalities that shape our life. And then there's the will. And the will is like the output of the computer. It's where decisions are made based on the information that was processed. So it's now when you start to make choices that actually produce actions, that actually cause us to do things. It's where it produces results. We actually see world results taking place. But what happens when the information is corrupted? When we start taking in bad information, bad information from bad sources. See, this is where the problem comes in. That's why he tells us. Conform no longer to the pattern of this world. See, because the world is always going to feed us corrupt information. The world's tendency, because we live in a fallen world, the information we receive from the world is going to be corrupt. Watch this. Now, Pastor, does that mean we can't learn anything from the world? No. That's what we talked about. Remember last week I told you we've got to have kingdom information. We've got to have kingdom knowledge because God's going to direct you to the source. And if God is not directing us to the source, then we can be led to a corrupt source. But what happens when we have this corrupt information? An error occurs. Watch this. See, when the information we receive from our intellect does not match what we recall in our memory, this results in conflict and confusion. For example, I'll show you this. Watch this. Let's say you're reading the Bible. And in the Bible, or you're listening to the sermon, and the pastor tells you that God shall supply all your needs according to your riches and glory. To his riches and glory. So now that's some new information. It's new input. And so now that input comes in through your intellect. But your memory has already had some input come in from an experience that you've had where you were in lack. So now that new information does not match what you recall this other information. So now there is a conflict. So in the imagination, now there is a conflict. So what happens? So now there's confusion in your will. So now when you're trying to make a choice, a decision, 
about what you're going to actually do, there's confusion. It affects your decision-making process and it affects the results. Because as I've told you before, it creates a condition where there's a double mind from what you say you believe and what you really believe. And so now we have to try to resolve this conflict so that we can actually get a proper output. And so now that's why we have to understand how this works. Because if not, we're going to constantly be in this situation. And that's why it's so important to guard your heart because out of it comes the issues of life. Watch this. You may have grown up in church. You may have grown up in a family that taught you the word of God, that taught you how things are supposed to be, right? You know that marriage is a one man, one woman. You know that you're supposed to Husbands, love your wife as Christ did the church. But you're constantly watching these shows, this stuff on television. They're showing you these same-sex relationships. They're showing you these adulterous affairs. They're showing you all of this lust and lasciviousness. So you're taking in information that does not match. So now there's a conflict in your imagination. So now, when you're trying to have a vision of a healthy family... There's a conflict and there's confusion in your will when you're trying to make a choice in how you're going to live. See, that's what's happening in the world. And that's why we end up conforming to the pattern of this world. That's why we become, we start imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around us instead of being inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit by reforming how we think. So what's the solution? That's why Paul tells us we must have our mind renewed to allow heaven to once again be the source of our information. See, we've got to allow the kingdom knowledge. That's why I told you we've got to live in Christ. We've got to live in God. We've got to walk in him. God has constantly got to be the source of all of your information. God's got to tell you what's right from wrong. God's got to tell you who to listen to. God's got to tell you what to watch. God's got to be able to tell you what to, what to read. God's got to tell you he's got to be your Lord. See, when God is in that a position. God's in the pole position. God can dictate to you what you're feeding on in your intellect. When he can tell you what to take in, when he is the source and tells you what input to receive, and we do so constantly, it will begin to overwrite our memory. Watch this. If you've ever had putting information on your computer, you're, you're, you're uploading files on your computer or saving files on your computer. And let's say you've got a document and the document has errors in it. And now you're making changes to that document and you've corrected the errors in the document. And then you go to save it again. And what does it tell you? It tells you there's a document that already exists with that name. And it'll tell you, what do you want to do? So you, now you have a choice. You can either overwrite the old document with the new document. Or you can try to keep both documents and rename one. Or you can just abort that and keep the old document. So see, now you've got a choice in what to do when you're constantly receiving new information. See, the problem is when you try to keep both, there's still confusion there. Because now every time you go back, you don't know which document was which. Even though they have a different name, the documents look the same. So now it's confusion when you're trying to make a decision. In a hurry. And if you don't save the new document, then the old document is there with all the errors. But when you're constantly taking in new information, then now you only have one choice to overwrite the old document. And so that's what happens when you're consistently taking in kingdom knowledge. If I'm consistently taking in kingdom knowledge, even if I've got bad memories, even if I've got corrupt memories, even if I've got corrupt information that I've received before and stored, I now can overwrite that with new information. See, even though the world has told me that debt is the American way, God has told me to owe no man anything but the debt of love. 
And if I receive that enough by confessing the word, continuing to read the word, then I can overwrite that. And now that becomes my new memory. So now when I receive input that God wants me to be debt free, it matches up with what the memory that I already have to owe no man anything but the debt of love. And now in the imagination, God can give me a new idea, a new vision of walking debt free. And now I can make a choice now to now when I want something to say, no, I'm not going to buy that on credit. I'm going to hold off because I want to pay cash for everything because I want to see myself walking in the power that God had me to walk in financial freedom. Do you see that? Do you see that? See, that's the power. It will begin to override our minute, allowing God to give us a new way of thinking. See, when God becomes our source of our input, instead of listening to the real house, real housewives of, of wherever, who always seem to be housewives, but are never any husbands around. God will tell me, no, my source needs to be marriage seer training. To listen to a couple that's been happily married for 26 years, giving me biblical principles about my marriage. And so that input becomes greater than the memories that I've had of failed marriages in my household and in my family. To the point that I believe that God called us to, to become one flesh because he wanted godly offspring. So now he can give me a new imagination. He can give me a new vision, a new mentality that my household and my family is supposed to be blessed. So I can make a choice now to desire to love my wife like Christ did the church. That I can submit unto my husband as unto the Lord. That I can see my kids blessed and multiplied. Do you see it? See, it's only when we allow our minds to become renewed. But the key to that renewal is kingdom knowledge. See, when our mind is renewed and the kingdom of God is the ultimate source of information, then we can experience the perfect will of God in our finances, in our health, in our relationships. God can give us dreams, visions, and witty inventions. He can show us things that are going to produce what he desires to produce through us in the earth. Oh, I'm telling you, we got to get this. We got to get this. But in order to experience that, God has to be the ultimate source of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Go over to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Here Paul says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. In other words, if you are a believer, you should be looking to God for all of your information and guidance. Remember he said, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. He goes on to say, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So focus on what he says about you instead of what the world says. Because he separated you from the world when he gave you his word. When he gave up his son for you. And your life as he intended is contained in his word. See, because the Bible says in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word God, what was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So your life is contained in the word of God. Christ is the wisdom and word of God made manifest, manifest. Look at verse four. He says, when Christ, who is our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. See, when we glorify him by following his instructions, we will experience the glorious life that he provided through his wisdom. Go over to 2 Peter chapter, chapter 1. 
Oh, I'm not going to hold you too much longer. But I got to get you to see it. I got to get you to see this. How important it is for us to have consistent kingdom knowledge. Second Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 2. Here he says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. I told you we have access to the divine enablement that gives us the ability to do what we could not do before. And the security, safety, prosperity, and blessedness that Christ made available. And we have those things in increasing measure when our information comes directly from heaven. When we're willing to hear from God and do what he says. Because the more kingdom knowledge we possess, we will determine, we will determine our experience. Look at what he says in verse 3. He says, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. I, I told you, God is the only one who is uniquely qualified to instruct us as it pertains to every facet of life, both natural and spiritual. And it is only through his knowledge that we are able to obtain the precious promises that allow us to embody our true nature and escape that corruption in this world. And that's why Peter reminds us, for this very reason, giving all diligence to add to your faith virtue and to your virtue knowledge. To knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we should consistently consume and apply kingdom knowledge because if we're constantly increasing our knowledge our ability to hear from God and do what he says we cannot fail success is guaranteed but we must always remember that God is the ultimate source of wisdom and understanding it is only kingdom knowledge that will benefit us it was never the will of God for us to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, to try and educate ourselves or to figure out what's best for us. See, when God said my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge, he was referring to kingdom knowledge. And that's why we must renew our minds. We must consistently consume kingdom knowledge. Somebody type in the comments, check the source of your information. Because God is the only omniscient, all-knowing one. So he should be the source of all knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. God bless you today. I, I pray this message has blessed you. I, I, I pray that you, 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 got, you, you got this today because I'm telling you, if we're going to see what God wants us to see, if we're going to have the impact and influence he wants us to have, if we're going to walk out this life that God has laid out before us and desires us to experience, it's going to require us to change how we receive and process information. We can't just keep taking in everything from the world and thinking that we're going to produce what God wants us to produce. We've got to start checking with God for everything. We got to ask God what we're going to eat. We're going to ask God what, what, what time we should go to bed. We need to start asking God, where does he want us to go today? What do you want me to do today? God, tell me every aspect of my life. I need to know what you want for me. What do you want me to learn? What do you want me to do? What would you have me to say? Guide my every step. When we start walking like that, we're going to see another level of success in our life that we've never imagined. Only God can do that. 
And if you listen to me today, you're like, man, I, 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 that sounds amazing, but I don't even know God like that. Well, I'm, I'm so glad you're here because this is your opportunity. I can introduce you to him. The Bible says that if you would confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus Christ and believe with your heart that God raised him from the dead, you could be saved. The key to a relationship with God is first salvation. You've got to recognize that God loved you enough to give up his only begotten son. He desired to have you to be a part of his family. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None of us were perfect. We were all born flawed. And so we were all doomed to failure. So don't feel bad because you've had some bad days. Because you've made some mistakes. God already knew that was coming. So he sent his son to give you a second chance. And this is your chance. All you got to do is believe that God loved you enough to give up his son for you. To allow you to turn it around. You've got to be willing to change your way of thinking. Change your way of living. Receive him as your Lord and your Savior. You got to be willing to give him permission to make your every decision. And if you desire that today, pray this prayer with me. Precious God, come into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus Christ died for me. And I want to receive him as my Lord and my Savior. I want to make him my Lord. I give you permission to make my every decision. Be my father. Make me your child. Teach me how to live for you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. If you've prayed that prayer, you're now part of the body of Christ, the family of believers, and there's nothing anybody can do to stop you. The next step in your journey is to find a Bible-teaching, Bible-believing church that will help you walk this out. And if you've prayed that prayer today or, or you've just been listening and you're like, I want to rededicate my life or you're looking for a church home, go to our website, lovemychurch.org. Click contact us. Fill out a connection card. And one of our ministers will get back with you with the information that you need. We'll help you in that walk with Christ. We want to walk with you. We are a virtual ministry, but we have all of the pieces. We have all the support to help you walk this out. We have a virtual community that can surround you, love you, and help you walk out this walk with Christ. And if you desire to be a part of that community, just connect with us. Let us know. Or if you're looking for a church in your area, we can help you find one. But just go to our website, lovemychurch.org, click contact us, fill out that connection card, let us know you received Christ. We just want to celebrate with you. Secondly, if you've been listening to this word and or watching our broadcasts or just being blessed by this ministry and you want to help us continue to do what God's called us to do on the earth, click the donate button, sow a financial seed. You can use cash app, dollar sign, my church Lynchburg. PayPal.me forward slash my church Lynchburg, or you can use the Givelify app. However, you desire to give, just know that your gifts are going to help us continue to spread the gospel all around the world. We're on just about every platform available. God has given us a mandate to make sure the word of God is preached all around the world. And so we've launched our own streaming faith network on Roku, Fire Stick, Apple TV, Google TV. Soon to becoming LG TV. We have our app on, on Apple and Android phones. We have our own web channel. But we make sure that the word is available. And we've got all kinds of Christian programming. So it's for women, men, marriage, addiction programming. We got stuff to make you laugh, stuff to encourage you as men and women of God. But we make it all available on the My Church channel. And if you just want to help us do ministry, sow that financial seed. And just know that your gifts are going to help people come into the kingdom of God. Helping us grow the body of Christ all over the world. But thirdly, if you've been blessed by this message and you know somebody else who needs it, make sure you share this message with someone who you know who needs it. Because you know somebody who needs a word today. God bless you today. I'm Pastor Tuck. I love you. See you again on next time. Make sure you come back and see us and stay tuned for our announcements. God bless you and thanks for watching The Word at My Church. I'll see you again on next time.
At my church, we help people get better by teaching them how the word works. And we want to make sure there is no excuse not to get the word. It's our goal to make all of our ministries accessible on every smartphone, tablet, PC, and television connected to the internet. So whether you're a man who needs some wisdom, a woman who needs some encouragement, or a couple who needs guidance, the My Church channel has just what you need. Simply search for the My Church channel on Roku, Fire Stick, or Apple TV, or visit MyChurchChannel.org. You can also download the My Church On The Go app from Apple or Google Play App Store. Constantly on the move? Check out the Word At My Church podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Or simply download the Word At My Church skill on your Alexa-enabled device. But whatever you do, make sure to stay connected. See you soon.